Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined once again by the brilliant Vittorio Campanile. A very happy Vittorio after the uh, Derby della Capitale the other night. How are you doing, sir? you got a massive smile on your face. Yeah, well, well, you can understand why, right? So, yeah, it, it has been a good weekend for me, definitely, definitely. But, you know, has to be the beginning, not the end. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Good stuff. Uh, plenty of, uh, of stuff to talk about from Serie A this weekend. As always, it was week 18 in the Italian top flight. Let's just quickly run you through the results. Atalanta nil, Genoa nil, Bologna one, Verona nil, Cagliari and Milan uh, played tonight. So that game uh, has not taken place at the time of recording. Crotone four, Benevento one, Inter two, Juventus nil, Lazio three, Roma nil, Napoli 6, Fiorentina 0, Sampdoria 2, Udinese 1, Sassuolo 1, Parma 1 and Torino 0, Spezia 0. Um, Vittorio, there, there was two huge, huge games in Serie A this weekend. But as you're a Lazio man, we're going to start with the Derby della Capitale between Lazio and Roma. It was a, a comfortable win for Simone Inzaghi's side in the end. 3-0 winners. How impressed were you with them and, and how much more confidence do you take from a result like that than maybe you had a couple of weeks ago? Well, yes. Uh, first of all, I said in the last podcast, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't I didn't know who would have won the derby because uh, Lazio have won two matches in a row but haven't played great football. Roma uh, drew against Inter but play a very good first half. So uh, I think what we can say is that Inzaghi dominate Fonseca, Roma manager. I think Inzaghi prepared the match much better than uh, uh, the Roma manager. And we saw it because uh, Lazio dominated and first shot on target of Roma arrived like eight, at the 85th minute of the match. And so this tells you a lot about the, uh, about the competition. Um, Lazio played very, very well. Uh, I thought Lazzari had an incredible performance. Um, it's true that when this happened, you, you have to ask, okay, where are the merits of Lazio and where are the faults of Roma? Uh, it's not easy to understand because obviously Ibanez had an awful match, but you could say oh, Roma had it. I think the secret of this victory was uh, neutralizing Mikitarian. We know that, and we said it, that Mikitarian was one of the secrets of this Roma having such a good season. And uh, he didn't do pretty much nothing Friday night. So I think that was one of the reasons. And then, you know, when you have Chile Mobile, you know that you're starting 1-0 up. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a confident win. And now Lazio have won three matches in a row. And uh, they are three points from the Champions League position. So this 
I hope this is the beginning. They have to still win uh, matches to, to recover the gap they have. But what I was saying before we, we went online, Lazio have beaten Napoli, have beaten Roma, have drawn against Inter, Juventus. Uh, so lost against Milan, but because of three stupid mistakes. So, you know, the, the thing is, Lazio have confirmed to be at the same level of the big teams, but then have lost matches against Sampdoria, Udinese, you know, teams that you expected Lazio to beat. So is there the problem? Not beating the big teams is getting points against small team. And in Italy, you win the Scudetto, you reach the Champions League when you do that. Yeah, agreed. Um, it doesn't really... I mean, as we said, it was a good performance from Lazio, fully deserved the win. You didn't expect it. A lot of people didn't expect it because Roma have been largely impressive this season. But we shouldn't be going over the top, should we? I mean, they have dropped points in the last couple of games, but it's been against Inter and it's been against Lazio. So, you know, I guess we're just kind of starting to see where Roma actually are. But there's no case for a meltdown here, is there? There shouldn't be one, certainly. No, this is one of the problems of living in Rome, of having a team in Rome, right? You beat a team and, uh, wow, we are Scudetto contender. You lose the derby and uh, these players are not able to play in second division. No, you have to find a balance. The biggest problem, uh, Harry, is that going to this match, the question mark we had was, would be Roma be able to beat a big team? Because it's completely the opposite of Lazio. They, they, they didn't win against any big team this year. They lost badly against Napoli. They drew against Inter and so on. So the question was, would be Fonseca able to finally beat a big team? Uh, and they didn't. So this is the biggest problem. But, and we saw it, against small team, Roma has won pretty much all the matches. And that's why that's there. And the other thing is, with Juventus losing against Inter, they're still in a very good position. They're still fourth. So they are still there in the Champions League spot. So, as you said, uh, you have to find the balance. And this, I, I know people from outside Italy doesn't understand it. But in Rome, finding balance is very, very complicated. In the last three days, uh, Roma players have switched from Champions League players to Serie B players. Ibanez, for example, the defender that made those two mistakes for the first two goals uh, of Lazio had to uh, turn off comments in his Instagram account. Why? Because Roma fans, not Lazio fans, Roma fans have started insulting him, saying he's not good for Roma, he should be leaving the team. And this is a problem. I, I hope people under under outside Italy understand. I mean, it's not easy to perform in this situation. And they lost one match. Yes, it's the derby, it's everything for Rome, but it's still one match. It's still three points. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um Really positive stuff for, for Lazio, of course. And uh, Chiro Immobile doing his thing, scoring a goal. Luis Alberto with a couple of goals as well. Uh, they, they dominated the game. It was, it's was it been described by Football Italia as one of the most one-sided derbies they've seen in years. So uh, from that, the Lazio fans should take great encouragement for sure. Um, Vittorio, let's move on to the other big game uh, that took place this weekend. Lots of big games, of course, but these two were the real standout yep. fixtures. Inter defeating Juve by two goals to nil. Now, we've been talking a lot about Arturo Vidal in particular and how maybe Antonio Conte made a bit of a mistake going down that route of, you know, sticking with the experienced players, really putting his faith in in uh, in somebody like Arturo Vidal. Finally, he paid some of that back last night. 
do you think he heard us and that's why he played like that <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah but uh, one of the reason why you play experienced players is because in big matches they show out and this is what vidal did yesterday uh as we said that lazio dominated the derby we have to be honest and say that inter dominated this match because to be honest handanovic made the biggest save in the last 10 minutes before you struggle to to create anything and uh, i was absolutely surprised because we saw into the season they struggle against roma they struggle against lazio they struggle against big teams and yesterday they dominated juventus and the other thing is and we said it and everybody knows it usually juventus in key matches they show up and they play a great football this happened against ac milan a couple of weeks ago uh against inter this was another key match that juventus had to win and they didn't show up they they played so badly that it, it was a huge surprise cristiano ronaldo played terribly but i thought rabio was awful and uh barella played a, an unbelievable match barella bastoni so two young players that played really really well um I said that Inter was the contender for Juventus, beating now Juventus. Um, they showed that they can win the title. And uh, it for me, it was a huge surprise. I didn't expect it. Both Inter playing so well and on the other side, Juventus playing so badly. So big surprise. Um, I don't know. They, we have to see what happens now because will Inter carry on? Will the confidence of Inter boost after this performance? Or will they be back? You know, let's not forget Inter lost against Sampdoria, a match that everybody expected Inter to win. So now we have to see if they keep up. But yes, yesterday was an impressive performance from Inter. Impressive. This is the thing with Inter though, isn't it? They always threaten to 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 go there, to go all the way, to, you know, really push it. And then you get a performance like the Sampdoria one, for example, which is why I think a lot of people, although they feel Inter are probably one of the best equipped sides to to win the Scudetto this year. That's why a lot of people are still sceptical about them, I think. Um, you mentioned Barella. What a goal. Um, and you mentioned Bastoni. What a pass. Now, do you think he meant that pass? Was was Barella the intended target there, in your opinion? I think so. I think so. Uh, the thing there is, what was Juventus defenders doing? Because there was only one man there and he was wide open. It was a very fast counter-attack, but still... A Juventus defense was so unprepared. Um, Chiellini started for the first time and I thought he played great. And uh, it was a huge surprise for me because, you know, he's an old player, not playing for a lot of matches. He started. And can we say that Lukaku, yeah, Lukaku had three great chances and he wasted. But after, apart from that, Chiellini played very well. On the other side, Bonucci was terrible for me. I thought that. And we saw it also in the last couple of matches. Bonucci is really struggling now. Uh, and this is a question mark. With with um, uh, the leaked out, uh, Juventus now is uh, really in, in um, with big problems there. Uh, I have to say that, uh, uh, how it's called, um, Frabotta. Frabotta really struggled yesterday. Uh, he's for me. He's not a Juventus level player, and yesterday we saw it. Akimi had an incredible match, but I think big part of that is because he had Frabotta in front of him, and Frabotta really struggled. So there are question mark there, 
and and we said that Juventus defense without the league is not playing very well. Um, Rabiot, I thought he's not a Juventus level player. Bentacur, who had a very good season last year, today this year is playing very badly. So Juventus, who should be able to dominate an Inter, really struggle, especially with the quality. I thought lack of quality yesterday in Juventus midfield was clear, and this is a huge problem. A huge problem. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, on the Arsenal podcast that we do, the Chronicles of Aguna, we've been talking a lot about. Mikel Arteta's inexperience. And I guess you can say some of those same things for Andrea Pirlo in a game like this. Um, I think it really showed which one of them was an experienced coach who's achieved things in the game and which one is still finding his feet and finding his way. Probably feels a little bit harsh to dig him out just solely on this game, but I think Juventus overall this season haven't been as formidable as, as maybe in previous seasons. And so that's why people are starting to ask the questions. What I thought was incredible as well, I love that the Inter Ultras let off all the fireworks on kickoff uh, outside the stadium. It just caused so much noise, so much so the referee was considering like waiting to kick the game off as well. Um, really good stuff. You know, they're trying to make an atmosphere even if they can't be inside the ground, which is which is brilliant stuff. Um, you mentioned Romelu Lukaku there. And I was watching the game last night and every time Lukaku got the ball in an attacking area, I, I just could hear your voice in my head going, Lukaku <laughs> doesn't score in big games. Lukaku doesn't score in big games. And what happened? Another, yeah, exactly. Another example of it. What about... And, and, go on. Go and on, to ahead. be honest, and to be honest, he had three big chances yesterday. Three big chances. Uh, Shevny played well, made a couple of good save, but not unbelievable. I thought Lukaku wasted a couple of chances unbelievable yesterday. And again, he's a good striker. 68 million euros? No, not at all. You have to score against big team. Uh, you, you had to score yesterday against Juventus. You had your chances and you wasted. And we have to say that uh, Lukaku missed it, but even uh, Lautaro Martinez uh, yesterday, I mean, what, uh, it was in the first half. Chesney deflected the ball and he was there with the goal wide open and he put it off the bar. That's a huge mistake for a top striker. That's not acceptable. I thought both Lautaro that and Lukaku didn't play well because, Harry, let's be honest, with a Chiremobili probably yesterday, Inter would have won 5 0. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that was going to be my point. My next point was going to be about Lautaro Martinez and for all the good build up play and the. the yeah. The ability to get into positions, it just it frustrates you, doesn't he? And again, it kind of begs the question of, is Lautaro Martinez actually a top, top tier striker right now? I feel like he's just a little bit below that, yeah. um, which, you know, some people will say is unfair, but that, that's genuinely how I feel about it. Let's uh, let's say a big hello to everybody who's joining us in the live chat right now, because of course, we are streaming this podcast on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel as well. Um, but what we really need you to do if you're watching it here is we need you to subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stores. We need you to get subscribing, leave us a review. That's what's important uh, right now as we look to kick off Simply Serie A again and, and rebuild it. Um, so if you could do that, we'd be very, very grateful. I've got to say a big thank you uh, to Cyril as well in the live chat who's just signed up to the 
uh, Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel as a member. So thank you uh, very much for that. He's new here. Cyril, welcome uh, to the show, mate. I promise we talk Arsenal as well, but this is our serious show. <laughs> thank you so much, pal. Uh, let's uh, move on. A couple of questions coming through, Vittorio, which I want to throw your way. Of course, I mentioned AC Milan don't play until tonight, uh, but we know that the signing of, of Mario Mandzukic is, is on the cards. Uh, David asks, is it a good signing for AC Milan in your opinion? Well, this is a great question. Uh, I mean, I love, I really love Mandzukic. And uh, last summer, I was hoping that maybe Lazio could sign him. Now, the biggest question mark is, uh, in the last two years, he hardly played. So he's not young. The question is, is he ready? Is he fit to play for AC Milan in a competitive football league like Serie A? This is a big, big question mark. But he's a winner. I, I really love his attitude. He's one that wants to win every single match. Is it a friendly match? He doesn't care. He wants to win. And he can play in different positions. He can be your number nine. He can be your number 11. He can play winger. He can play central. So uh, he's a great player. The biggest question mark is, I think he played like three or four matches in South Arabia. So yeah. I don't think he's fit. He's a great professional. So he's been training hard. We saw his uh, social media account uh, showing him training, etc. Um I don't know. I really don't know if if he's really fit. He has six six month contract, so till the end of the season. But Milan needed a striker, and obviously Mandzukic is a is a cheap option. Um, could it be Ibrahimovic number two. You know, they signed Ibrahimovic last year, and everybody said, "Well, he's too old, etc." I think he's not the level of, of uh, Ibra now, so it, it's a big question mark for me. It could be another another great signing, but uh, the fact that he has been not playing a lot in the last year, uh, I'm a little bit concerned, honestly. He, he's quite a, a good focal point, isn't he, Mandzukic, as a centre-forward? And maybe with the kind of fitness troubles that Ibrahimovic has had of late, Milan have found a way of playing that incorporates that kind of player and perhaps feel that Mandzukic can provide him cover. Yes. The biggest question mark, Harry, is, is he able to play? I mean, how long does it take to get him in shape to play? Because that's the question mark. Milan needs player in front because injury, COVID, etc. Uh, I mean, if they get back Ma the Juventus Mandzukic, well, that's a huge signing. I don't think he's going to be that level. He can be something somewhere in between. But, you know, playing close to Ibrahimovic, uh, it's easy. It's easy. So he has the experience, definitely. That's going to help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's quickly touch on the game between Napoli and Fiorentina. Massive, massive win uh, for Napoli. And they, and they were very, very clinical, weren't they? Um, Lorenzo Insigne got a brace and, and he created an extraordinary assist as well uh, for Lozano. But for Fiorentina, it's not looking good, is it? No, no. And um, I didn't like when they replaced Yakini that I thought... He's not a top team manager. Yakin is not, unfortunately. But I thought that replacing him with Prandelli was the wrong decision. Now I can I understand the attachment, the link between Prandelli and Fiorentina, definitely. But we have to say that in the last couple of years, Prandelli haven't performed as a top manager. So that was the wrong call. Uh, Fiorentina is struggling. And 
I think they have a quality team. They have some good players. Um, Ribéry is not getting younger. This is one of the problems. They have a very young uh, striker that I love, Vlaovic. He's very interesting. But this team has too many problems. Uh, they were unlucky because in the first half they could have scored a couple. So the match would have been open. But even though they are a very good team, I, thought, I think they are managed badly. And you can see the results. They are struggling a lot this season. So... I don't know if Prandelli will reach the end of the of the season, unfortunately, because I mean, Comiso spent it, put so many mon so much money in this team, and the result has been <laughs> terrible. So, uh, yeah. I, I think I think part of the money has hasn't been spent wisely, and on the other side, you choose the wrong manager twice, not once, twice, and uh, this is the reason why the the results are terrible. The thing that makes it even more frustrating for Fiorentina as well, uh, talking about this game in isolation, is that they actually attacked Napoli a fair bit, didn't they? They just kept getting caught. And when they did, Napoli uh, were, were really, really clinical and they deserve praise for that. Yeah, no, def well, we said it. Napoli is a talented team, a very talented team. Uh, I mean, uh, they have Insigne, they have very good player. Even Lozano this year is stepping up, etc., uh, they had Politano. I mean, the quality of this team is undoubtable. Uh, so I think, I mean, my idea is with another manager, Napoli could have been second or fighting for the Scudetto, and now they're not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the quality of this team is uh, is very good. But you have to say, on the other side, Castrovilli is one of the youngsters more interesting in, in Italian football. Ambrat had played terrific last year in Verona. Now he's uh, invisible, pretty much. Cajon, we know how, how well he played with Napoli. Biragi is another player that plays for Fiorentina that it has been linked with so many met, so many teams. Uh, Dragoski is considered one of the best young goalkeepers. And then you see Fiorentina is like fighting for relegation. How is this possible? Well, we saw it yesterday. They create chances. They don't score. So... Yeah, no, great points. Uh, question from Russ in the live chat. He says, any news on a contract for Donnarumma? Now, we know that his contract expires uh, at the end of this season. But um, from what I've been reading over the last few days, it seems like talks are still ongoing. Is that your understanding of it, Vittorio? Yes, definitely. Uh, we have to remember something. Uh, talking with Raiola is never easy. It's never easy. Raiola knows that he has, you know, a champion there. And for him, Donnarumma means a lot of money. So, yeah. obviously, for Raiola, moving uh, Donnarumma means more money for him than keeping in uh, AC Milan. So, he's pushing to, to move him away. Uh, I can understand, but, I mean, Milan is fighting for the Scudetto right now. Uh, so, it's not easy. We know that Donnarumma wants to stay, but uh, they have to pay him. They have to pay him. Is he the best... Goalkeeper in Italy, well, he's young. He has still space for improvement. He is the <laughs> Italian national goalkeeper. So uh, he has a lot of team chasing him. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. My my impression is that Milan has to make a sacrifice, has to pay big money to keep him, but they have to. I mean, Donnarumma is making such a difference for AC Milan uh, and it would be a big sign for, for, for the rest of the team. 
it's not easy because we know that financially Milan is struggling. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a long discussion, but in the end, I think he's going to stay. Yep. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, George Heffernan asks, is there any news on Papu Gomez's next destination? And we'll we'll come on to this one in a second, George. Just hold that thought. Because uh, I just wanted, the final game we just wanted to quickly touch on was that game between Atalanta and Genoa. Nil-nil draw. Um, really frustrating for Atalanta. We've been talking them up of late, but they were held by Genoa at home. They'll be frustrated with that, won't they? Definitely, but... What can we say about Davide Ballardini? He came with to Genoa, and uh, you know Genoa is a new team now. They are, they they stop Atalanta, they stop Lazio. They are very very well organized. They are getting a lot of points. You know Ballardini is doing a hell of a job. Um, he's not an impressive manager, a manager that makes your team shine or play amazing football. But they are very well organized in defense and. Uh, they're, they change completely. I mean, Atalanta, uh, sorry, Genoa, it's it was was in relegation uh, table, and now they they are they lost just one match in the last five, if not if I'm not wrong, one two. So they they are playing great football, and the biggest problem with Atalanta is always going to be this: they they they. Play amazing football, and then you don't understand why, and they draw a home against Genoa. Um, a little bit of surprise, obviously, very good if you're a Lazio fan because you got two points from there. Um, the problem with Atalanta is when they play at the top level, they can beat anybody, but they they got up and down. That's why they never fight for the scudetto. Yeah. Um, you know, Ballardini is a manager that prepares very, very well the team, the next match. And so you know you're going to struggle. Every team struggles against Ballardini. Honestly, I, I thought Atalanta would have won that. But seeing the last performance of Genoa, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, Atalanta is still a great team. I'm still, I'm, I believe they're going to fight for the Champions League till the end of the season, though. Yeah, me too. I agree with you. Um, just go back to George's question on on Papu Gomez. Any news on that? What's your understanding of the situation? It seems ludicrous, doesn't it? That's such a good player, someone who's been so key for them over the last few years, is in this position now. Yes, it, it, it's unbelievable. The problem is Atalanta wants 11 million euros. Not They're not accepting anything further than that. So anything less than that. So this is a problem because Papu Gomez is not young. Uh, we said that all the Italian teams are struggling financially. So it's very hard to believe that a Serie A team can come in January and pay 12, 30 million euros for Papu Gomez, who is 32, etc. So the big risk at the moment, I believe that Papu Gomez will stay at Bergamo for at least... Uh, June, because a lot of teams have been linked to him, uh, Inter, Roma, even Juventus. But all all these teams said, financially, we cannot allow to pay 11 millions for Papu Gomez. Yeah. They have to sell someone, which is not easy because Ericsson is on the market since November. Still, no, no, no one came and offered something. We, Inter was convinced that maybe Paris Saint-Germain would come because of the link of Pochettino. This didn't happen. Roma financially is in big problems. Juventus as well said, no, we are not interested in the player. 
So it's unbelievable because Papu Gomez is one of the best Serie A players. But I think that if Atalanta doesn't accept a loan offer, he will stay there. He'll stay there and, and, and not play football, which is a real, no. real shame. A real shame. Yes, yes, absolutely. Right, that brings us uh, to the end of this week's edition of Simply Serie A. That's all we've got time for, but we're going to be back next week. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned. If you are uh, watching us via the Chronicles of Aguna channel, which a lot of you are at the moment, make sure you head over and subscribe to the podcast as well on all major podcast stores. It's so, so important. And we thank you so much in advance. My thank you uh, to Vittorio Campanile. Get over to Twitter and follow him at Vittorio Campa and uh, check out the Lazio Lounge as well. I'll leave the links in the description. We'll be back next time with more Italian football talk. Until then, ciao. Ciao. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.